What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. A lot of organizations, state, federal, whatever, uh, public, private sector, they have certain quotas that they have to you know, meet for minorities or veterans and all that stuff. And uh, the chamber started educating me to, to different certifications that, you know, uh, would, would help me. Yeah. Um, so just start going through those processes, getting the certifications in place and, and now finding that, oh, with the certification, Pepsi or Coke or, you know, Walmart that, that didn't pick up the phone before <laughs> has, a, has a taste for me now because I've got this recognition, yeah. this certification. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another episode, another amazing episode, and today we have a very special guest, my brother Brandon Davis from Brandon EIS. What's up, my brother? How you doing, my brother? I'm alive and blessed. Alive and blessed. I love it, man. So we're going to talk some trucking today, trucking and logistics. Uh, Davis EIS is a 3PL uh, third-party logistics provider, trucking company. You guys have about, what, 25? 35. 30, pardon me. Pardon me. 35 <laughs> trucks, 35 units. Um, you guys do some work with Amazon and some other folks, right? So we're going to get into that, but customarily in Truck and Hustle, we have to get you know, start at the beginning. We got to go through the story, right? So first of all, I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome to Truck and Hustle, man. Welcome to the fam. Thank you. Happy to be here. No Happy doubt. Here. All right. So let's start from the beginning, man. Let's talk about first, where you from, man? Let's let's get into it. Uh, originally from North Carolina. Um, moved up to Pennsylvania back in 2017. So um, What part of Pennsylvania? The Poconos. Damn. I That's get, out there. I didn't get the full story. I was just like, move up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought everything was Philly. Right, right, right. You moved into the middle of nowhere. Bear and deer, man. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When, when did you move to the Poconos? Uh, the summer of, of 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. So recently. Not, yep. not, not, not too long Not ago. too long. Not okay. Too long. I got you. But let's start a little bit earlier than that. So you said North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. So at North Carolina, you went to school and everything, middle school, all that? Yeah. Went to school down in the Carolinas. I would frequent up New Jersey, New York. Um, my dad's family is up in New York. So I okay. was familiar with the area. Um, but yeah, went through school through North Carolina. Uh, started trucking in North Carolina. And transition into a fire career down in the Carolinas. So okay, got my feet wet down there. All right, got um, you. So you said you started trucking in North Carolina. So what age did you get into the trucking industry? Eighteen. Eighteen. So fresh. Fresh. So what was this like right out of high school? Right out of high school. Why? What happened? Uh, a, a teen, a teen <laughs> parent. I had, I had the the idea that you know what, I can do this and make some money. Okay. So I got a CDL, and uh, it was a. Uh, intrastate CDL. So, you okay. know. Intrastate. <laughs> yeah. So, you local. That's it. All right. So, at 18, so you graduate high school, right? And then you get an intrastate CDL. You become a truck driver. Is that your first occupation out of high first school? First occupation. Did you know anybody in the industry? A neighbor and, uh, and, and just local people that I seen, but it was 
just from the outside in looking at this big truck. I knew okay. nothing else about it. <laughs> what, what made you think that it was going to be, it was for you? Um, I had a neighbor that was an owner operator and okay. I was looking at his scale from one, two, three trucks weekends, you know, having all his trucks out there in the yard working on them, you know? So I was like, that's probably something that I can get into, take care of, you know, my, my son. And, uh, I thought it was gonna be easy. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so was this guy like a mentor to you or did was you just kind of like watch him from the- Was a mentor. Okay. In fact, he was the one that gave me my first job. Okay. Got you. All right. So, so pretty much you talked to him. He said, Hey man, go get your CDL. I'll give you a job. There we go. All right. So you putting the story together. There we go. All right. So you get your CDL at 18. What is your first job? What are you doing? First job, it was, um, shuttling shingles from, uh, a, a company called Gaff, uh, off to an offsite. Local, all local, um, heavy. It was it was heavy heavy freight and uh, flatbed. So, okay, you know a lot of just in and out of the truck all day, and that was that was the first job, man. Got you. So how long did you do that for? We I did that for about six to seven months. I didn't know at the time, but they were transitioning out of business. <laughs> Okay. So he bought you on a on a on a sinking ship. <laughs> he said, Come on and work for me. We won't be around for too long, but uh, you know, you get your experience for six go. months. There you go. I got it. All right. So so you said you were transferring like shingles, you said? Shingles. So man. you learned flatbed. Flatbed. So, so was this like you tarping and stuff like that? Or you, tarping, you, okay. yeah. So you learning the hard part of trucking early. The hard part, yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and and something else around that 07, 08 time frame of just getting my CDLs about the shingles so you can put that to the housing market. All yeah. that was going on at the same time. That complete crash. <laughs> that, right. The real estate. <laughs> okay, got you. So a lot a lot is going on a during that going time. On. All right, cool. So you say you drive for him for about six months. You get your first initial flatbed experience. What happens after that? Um, after that, that dried up. Uh, we start moving more lanes for like dry vans. So now we're running, um, you know, foods, dry foods for like Chewy, the Walmarts, local things like that. Okay. Um, trying to stay as busy I can, as I can, but remember, I'm still, I'm localized. I can't go too far. Um, so that kind of came to an end and I transitioned into the fire service. So now I'm, I'm, I'm back driving trucks in a short period of time, but it's a fire truck. <laughs> got you. Got you. So, so how long did you work for him total? I uh, told I was with him for a year. For a year, and then you became a fire fireman. Is, is that like officially yep. a fireman? Yep, yep. career fireman. And, yep. and you're driving the fire truck, so you're yep. the driver. All right, cool. So how's that? Tell me about that. So the, the fire service um, got into that. I just turned 20, um, and you start as a fireman, so not driving the trucks right away, but went through different trainings and all that stuff. And after about a year being on the department, they start cross-training me into you know driving the trucks. I'm already familiar with driving the trucks. So now I just need to know the, the pumping operation, the water and all that stuff. So it came pretty, it came pretty easy. Um, it heightened my skills because although I don't have a trailer behind me, I got a million dollar piece of equipment that I'm operating. Facts. So, um, it, it, it took me, it taught me maturity in trucking. You know, I really got to take care of this, of, of this truck and, uh, precious merchandise, which is other people's lives on that truck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. How much money are you making as a fireman? Because I know, like, I've heard, like, some firemen, depending on where you're at, you can make, like, upwards of, like, $100,000, and then some, like, make, like, it's charity. Yeah. So, it was my, when I very first started a job, my base salary was $32,000. As now, a driver. As, now, a, as a fireman. Oh, as a fireman. So, Dri- okay, so driving. Driving. I, I promoted to a driver a uh, short time later. 
And I think that pay went to like 45, with overtime, maybe 50 grand a year. Okay. So it was like, is that like the top level driver when you're, when you're, I know you have like chief and all that. I don't know much about captain, the fi- captain. captain. Yeah. So like when you're a driver, that doesn't like correlate with like your status in the fire company though at all. Right. Like how does that work with the pay scale is what I'm getting at. So it, it does. So driver is kind of like the unofficial term, the, the official term for the person driving the truck is a fire engineer. All right. Um, and it's kind of the, the junior person on the truck, the captain sits in the passenger seat up front. Um, and that's the most senior that you get within the, the fire truck. Mm. Uh, once you get out of the truck, you have like the battalion chiefs and assistant chiefs. So there's like from, from, from the engineer or driver, you've got four more positions typically, um, within the department. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So how long do you work for the fire company? I was there almost 10 years, man. Oh, man. Yeah. You did yeah. a bid there. Did a bid and got hurt and and medically retired. Really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. overall, did you enjoy that experience working oh, for man. the fire company? Life changing. Life yeah? changing. Taught me a lot. What was the, the, the biggest thing outside of what you just now said, taking care of, you know, a million dollar piece of equipment and just heightening your driving skills? What what did you, what else did you take away from that, that experience? Yeah. So uh, the fire service was, was... Uh, industry that I didn't realize at the time, but it, it there's a lot of diversity in it. You've got people. Let me back up. The fire service, uh, a lot of the, the the career departments, they work um, nine to ten days a month, twenty four hour shifts. So you build kind of a, a a family with the people that you're working with. You, you're staying there anyway, one one to two days uh, at a time um, per week, sometimes three to four days a week. So you build a, a closeness. But there's a lot of free time. So people like myself, I still, you know, dived into uh, trucking on my days off. You got some people in the landscape and some people that were in the building, washing cars, all that. So it was very diverse. We're all kind of just there in our, our downtime, just putting together ideas. Mm. Um, and in the city that, that I was from, um, there's a lot that went on. There's a military base. There was um, some state hospitals and stuff there. So still a lot of moving parts within a, a smaller city. And then the fire service kind of like the the key to the city because we can access any buildings that we need to from fire inspections and all of that. Right. So I was really learning logistics at the time, but I, I didn't realize that I was um, learning networking, learning PR, uh, learning about budgets and all that other stuff right there in the fire service. Um, so yeah. did, did you ever have any like really like traumatic experiences working for the fire company? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. T- yeah. Tell me about one if, if, if you could think about it. It's not too bad. Like um, something that just happened that like stands out to you, oh, man. Uh, the very first, I just completed my training. I remember that uh, we didn't get called out to this fire, but they brought us in as rookies the next day after the fire was out, and um, it was a fatality. Two people died, you know, in the in the fire, and it was a lady and her husband. Um, house caught on fire. Not sure how. I, again, we were called there as rookies to come pick the bodies up and put them in body bags. Um, and the lady was at the front. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was like a, what they call a shotgun house. So maybe a thousand square feet. There's a front door and the back door is literally in line with the front door. Um, and I remember seeing her on the ground right there at the front door Mm. and just, you know, died to, you know, just. Wow. So, so was it like smoke inhalation? Smoke inhalation. Yep. And just got disoriented her. She got lost. She didn't know where she was at within our own house. 
killed her. Wow. Saw uh, her husband was in the bedroom, but he was he was pretty much bedridden. She was trying to get him off. Oh so wow. He's partially on the bed, partially on the floor. Um. So yeah, I seen that, but through my training, they taught us that you see these things, you talk about it. And ultimately, you gotta just just let it go. And Do that, they provide like any type of therapy, anything for that? Yeah, like seeing that on like a regular basis. Yeah. Um. But you know what? That that industry, man. I, I've been out of it now some years, but it was uh, it was kind of one of those things that is just tough skin. You know what I'm saying? So so therapy was not really one of those things that oh, let me go get therapy after this call. Like you know, yeah. you just you find other ways to cope with it. And your peers are going through the same thing you're going through. So I think maybe the therapy like is group, right there. Group yeah, therapy, you group guys kind of talking about it. Yeah. yeah, that that has to be tough, man. Yeah. That has to be crazy. Yeah. All right. So you do that for 10 years of your life. And then you say you got hurt. Yeah. Got hurt on the job. Yep. What happened? Um, messed my back up. I was on a, a was called in as a, as a fire call. Um, but when we got there, it was just like smoke filling the building. And uh fell back on my air pack and just it messed my lower back up. Um, so transition out, man. Gotcha. Yeah. You said while you were there, you were working on trucking, right? Like you yep. were formulating, you were scheming. Yeah. So what, what were you thinking about and what were you doing so during this time? There was a, a company I was driving for at the time. I, I, I can I can name drop them because they yeah, did drop, right. drop the name. Why not? <laughs> so so a company called Amerigas. It's a propane company. Um, and so I... Uh, Drove for them from 2011 all the way up until, you know, my injury where I had to just transition out of all of that. Um, but I learned a lot, even more so about keeping this truck safe. Like I talked about, you know, the fire truck having to keep that safe. I got a million dollar piece of equipment. Yeah. And people up there, well, well now at Amerigas, I got a bomb behind me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really keeping it safe, you know? For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but I just. So, so hold on real quick. So you're doing the, you're driving a truck and you're driving for Amerigas at the same time? Yeah. So what days are you, like, what's your schedule, the, the man? The fire service. So let me, so I'll give it to you. My, my schedule at the fire service, it could be like this. I, it, it may be this week I'm working Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So I would have off Tuesday, Friday, and then um, I would have a four day week. Okay. So I could get two days of work in part time right there and, um, in between my shifts. And then at the, the completion of that, uh, 96 hour rotation, excuse me, 72 hour rotation of that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I would get 96 hours off. Wow. Four days. So yeah. I'm, I'm working every day. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. That sounds like a hectic schedule. It was, it was, it was crazy. <clears throat> um, but I, I was having fun, man. Okay. I was having fun. Okay. And that's, and that's Tinker? Yep, tanker. How 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 was that? So you saw you said driving a bomb, right? Like like you said, that's kind of scary. Yeah. You and you didn't initially get your tanker. You had to get that endorsement later. Had to get the the hazmat, the tanker. Um, you had to go through like like FBI background check, all that stuff. So it was it was a process. Okay. Yeah. What made you decide to work with them? I was looking local jobs in the newspaper because I needed something to keep me local while I'm at the fire department. The only thing they, that I saw was hazmat jobs. Got you. So when got, you. got that. So yeah. you found them and then you went, you got your endorsements to actually work there. Yep. Okay. Yep. Got it. All right. So continue the story. You said you, you, you transitioned out. You've been working for Amerigas and continue from yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> transition out um, of the fire service and Amerigas after, you know, a short period of time after me leaving the fire department reached out and offered me a job in like safety and, and, and consulting. So still in the same, same industry, but this time, looking at incidents and all that stuff, looking at training, compliance, all those items or whatever. So I'm getting to look into 
the day-to-day operations of the business rather than being out there front line on the road. So I did that from, you know, 2017 and um, then found some other opportunities with with other trucking companies. Um, I don't have to name drop them. They, they weren't as good. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. But I learned food. I learned heavy uh, equipment. I learned more about uh, about the fueling. And then I learned general freight. So, so now you're doing this as a consultant? Yeah. So you said they reached out to you to do some consulting. Why, why would they reach out to you? How'd, that, how'd they make that connection? I know you worked for them at some point, but <clears throat> what made you the consulting guru? What made you the guy they wanted to reach out to to help them with that? Um, I think that looking back, um, I think that it was my, my experience and certifications, education I got within the fire service. And I already had a solid track record with them driving trucks. Okay. So they they had a lot of different incidents that were occurring. And so I think they were looking for somebody that could come and change the culture for the drivers and stuff like that. Because gotcha. a lot of the people that were were the safety managers or consultants, if you will, that was their that was their they were there because of their education, not because of really being out there. Boots on the that. ground. Yeah. So so was this a business of yours or was it, did they hire you as an employee they, back? They hired me as an employee. Okay. Um and and uh but with that, I, I grew my own business in consulting and okay. started working with other companies. Got you. Yeah. All right. So you find an opportunity. Yeah. Now you see it, you're like, okay, if these guys will pay me as an employee to do this. I can actually do, do something with some other people's now. There you go. Makes yeah, sense, yeah, man. You know, yeah, you got to yeah. make it make sense. Yeah, All right, yeah. cool. So now you start reaching out to other carriers and saying, hey, this is what I do. I can do this for you as well. Yep. All yeah. right. So tell me about kind of growing that business now. You said you reach out to some other people. Yeah, reach out to some other people. Again, still compliance. Um, so they've got me traveling, you know, pretty much throughout the United States to go see um you know, different incidents or different programs they're rolling out within their companies. So to make them successful. Right. You know, um, and I'm putting it all together for me. And I'm just like, well, I got these three or four companies that I'm doing consulting with. I can maybe pull a little bit from from each of them, plus what I know, and maybe put me a, a truck or two on the road. OK. So uh, a short time later, um, around 2018, grabbed me two box trucks, went, went and leased them. Came up with me some deposit money. I went and leased me two box trucks and I'm making money, but I won't make money. Why did you go that route? What made you go lease a box truck? Could you not afford to purchase finance? Yeah. What made you lease? What what was tough? Tell me about that. I, I, I couldn't, you know, going to a bank, this is this is new. Um, you know, you you're crossing over from consulting to now heavy equipment is insurance and all that stuff that goes behind it. I got personal tax returns and 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 W-2 experience. Trying to cross into contract in 1099, you know, so I got no record, you know, right, that, right. No, no record. And the only ones that was willing to do business was your, your, your riders and your Penske's, your enterprises. And that was before COVID. So, you know, they pretty much, if you, if you got some deposit money, you know, <laughs> pick it up. Here you go. Yeah. Keys so. are inside. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. So you said you rented a two box trucks? Two box trucks. Now yeah. was it just you or did you was it you and like a partner? Did you start with anybody? Nah, it was it was just it was just me um and family that I was talking to. Okay. So the box trucks don't require CDL, um, but I'm selling my ideas to some family members. I won't name drop them either, but they were, they were to hear this. They, <laughs> right, right, right. They were asked for that cut, but no, nah, I had I had a cousin who had recently retired from um, MTA, so he drove Subway, 
and um, a couple other local people that I knew in the area that, you know, were willing to to give me a shot and help me grow my business. So although I didn't have anybody to invest with me financially, they did invest their time with me. Mm. So so what what's the plan at this time? You're going to get these two box trucks and do what? Going to get these two box trucks. And again, I'm looking at the paper just like I was 10 years earlier. And I saw what was available in the local area. And it was... Um, Delivering appliances for like Home Depot, Lowe's and stuff like that. So going to picking up from a, a warehouse and then going to deliver to to local customers up in the uh, the northeast Pennsylvania area. Okay. So, you know, the, the Poconos. Okay. Um, so that's like white glove service? White glove service. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. White glove service. And um, they might be white at the beginning of the shift, but- <laughs> the end of the day. Yeah. Right. So every day I, I had my, my cousin- He'd tell me he's quitting, but every day he would show, he would come back. Yeah, he'd come he's back quitting every day. <laughs> but but I knew that that was not gonna last for too long, so I'm I'm, I'm looking again for different opportunities. Okay. Um, and so I found some more work within within the box truck market. Okay, what'd you find? Um, Amazon. Okay. I found Amazon. Uh, they were running some lanes for like post offices, so it was a pretty easy process then. Like I said, that was before COVID, before like trucking really got heavy. It was. You know, pretty much you got your insurance in order, enter your stuff, your DOT, MC into their portal. And within a week or so, they would tell you, yeah, you can come run for us. Okay. They didn't pay nothing either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but they had systems in place. They had systems in place. On the, the white glove service, it was pretty much every day, you know, you just come in and you get this manifest and the guys would have to load the, the trucks up. Um but on the Amazon side with the with the postal runs that they, we had, we had a the the, the app that mm-hmm. would show you what you got, where you're going, on time deliveries and all that. It showed data. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I had a I had a visual of what I'm doing and and um measurable goals, you know, that I that I that I could reach. So start growing that and my my team of white glove service, they're hearing about, hey, Brandon's doing something else over here um at night. Because that was the white glove was daytime. He's got some box trucks over here that are running at night. And they all start asking about that. But I, I made it like an initiative. You do what you're supposed to do over here. Right. I'll promote you. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and let you run, run this postal, these postal contracts. So they, were, they would do real good over there. Um, excuse me. So they could grow into getting this, this, um, what do you call it? Uh, just, Easy cake cake job, right? You know, the cake just going one, yep. to the post office and, and making their runs and then coming back home. I knew in my mind that once we get good at this, we're, we're walking away from this white glove service. <laughs> this ain't it. I had more insurance claims, and, and it, was, it, it was it was BS claims. I had this one lady that said that we that one of my employees knocked a brick over, mm. and she wanted us to give her something like one hundred fifty dollars. Oh wow! And wanted to put it on my insurance, one hundred fifty dollars, right? For a brick. For a brick. Like her landscaping. Right. But was the mortar in place? Right. So I got out of that business. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so we did box trucks for a little bit. So now is is this Davis EIS yet? Yep. So the box truck started that or the white glove started the company? The white gloves. Okay, so they, it's been Davis EIS from day one. From day one. Okay. From day one. All right, cool. So now you're kind of phasing out of the, the the white glove and you go more into box trucks. There you go. All right, so talk about that. Yeah, so the box trucks is, are, are, are growing. My, my data, like I said, that my Amazon gave me to uh, to do good with. You know, 100, 100 is the is the idea score. Um, I can't speak on their business, but if I were to assume 
they're seeing that I'm doing good with that. So they reached out to me and asked that I have interest in uh, doing some hostler services. Hostler services. I don't know what that is. Yeah, what, what's, what is that? Maybe people listening right now don't know what that is either. So <laughs> what I found out what it is, 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 is basically like a yard switcher. So picture like at an airport or like at a FedEx or JB Hunter or Walmart warehouse where you've got a whole bunch of trailers in the yard and you got those yard jockey trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed me to do that. Uh, and you could do it with the, with the yard jockey truck that has the hydraulics and all that, or you could do it with a day cab. I didn't know that at the time. I just Googled to see what a hostel was because I already told them, yes, I can do it. Right. One thing I got is box trucks. Right. And they were like, well, we need you to start. This might have been Friday after I went back and forth trying to negotiate a rate for them. It might have been Friday. And they were like, we need you to start Monday. Two trucks. I'm mm. like, we'll be there. Right. And at this point, you don't have, well, well, you have the equipment, but you don't know you have the equipment because you have a day cab, right? I, I did have a day Oh, you didn't have a day cab. Oh, you had box trucks. I had box trucks. Yeah, you didn't have no trucks no, yet. No so you didn't trucks. have a yard truck or a day cab. Nope. The one thing I had was a relationship with a rental company. All you had was just a story. A story. <laughs> and a relationship with a rental company and some more deposit money that, that I had that I didn't have. Okay. Um, uh, so, because they've already charged me for box trucks. So, you know, they're going to tell me, well, this, this, this day cab is more deposit money. So Facts. They're going to hit you over the head. And so I got one. And I think Amazon, just to the best I can remember, they might have called me back and they were like, we need, we need you to have two. I'm like, well, I'll get you two. I don't have no drivers or nothing, just myself. <laughs> and, um, and one of the other guys that was driving, doing a white glove service that had his CDL. So it's just me and him. And I got a, a, a seven day operation that I committed to. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So. And, um, and one day cab? And one day cab. So you guys are taking alternate shifts, yeah. Do, using this one day cab, yeah. Yep. Hooking up trailers, yep. all cranking yep. trailers all day and dropping them all day, all day. Um. So now it's like how much? How much moves are you doing a day, man? Anywhere from uh, you could be doing anywhere from you know light 10, 10, 10 of them up to 20, 30 moves a day. Okay. You know, and that's that's twenty that's twenty times in, twenty times out. There's a lot of a lot of dropping hooking. Yep. I mean, and, and so I back up the very first trailer that I hooked up to. I hadn't been behind the the wheel of a, a tractor trailer in some years now. And um I, I high hooked. So, you know, went went past the uh the, the kingpin? The kingpin, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That ain't good. Yeah, the, the, the very first one. Oh but, my um, god. Yeah. But that wasn't even that wasn't even the story, man. Um, I caught mine. It didn't result in an incident. You didn't drop it. I didn't drop it. Okay. But we we started hiring. I I can't even tell you exactly how the hiring phase came about. But at this point in time, I've got um, a couple more people on my team that are, are helping me grow it, helping with the recruiting and all of that. And um, we start hiring locally and and the area out in PA uh, Hazleton. So it's very diverse. Um, I'm not gonna say very diverse. It's it's very filled, very much filled with people like me, you know, minorities, um, eager to work. And it it was interesting that they couldn't find anybody else. I remember the guy that called me from Amazon saying that, "Hey, we need um, we we got nobody else to go to." And I don't know if he was serious or not, but. They, they called me out of the blue. I'm not in Hazleton. I didn't know anything about Hazleton. But when I got out there, I saw that it was a lot of people like me 
everyone out there has CDLs. And so at that point, it just became relationships. And I was giving anybody a relationship that needed one. <laughs> I hired this guy. He got behind the wheel within two weeks. He high hooked. He didn't catch it. Oh, man. And we got an incident. Wow. $90,000 insurance Ooh, Wow. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we just got started and it's already over. Right, but right, it, right. It, it, it was. I didn't know how insurance worked. Um, it was his fault, but he was he was distracted from another third party. And um, yeah, we, we weathered that storm and it was just like, well, we got that one out of the way. Yeah, so yeah. Let me so, get another truck. So you start basically <laughs> building a, a yard jockey service. Like, so- it, this Amazon f- facility is basically outsourced mm-hmm. all their yard jockeying to you. Mm-hmm. And you're pretty much in charge of like hiring the guys and mm-hmm. and staffing and all that. Yeah. That's, I mean, the the thing is, that's a great job. Like, mm-hmm. if anybody who's been in tra- transportation, they love, they'd love to be, be a yard mm-hmm. jockey because you ain't got to go nowhere. You ain't got to go nowhere. You're in the yard all day, as long yep. as you know how to hook up the trailer and yep. how to drop it. Did you ever get a yard horse? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Um, and I and I couldn't because they got us. Your your first contract is always your worst contract. Okay. So what they ended up doing was the reason they told me they were like, we need you to have a day cab because they wanted us to take the trailers off site. Gotcha. On the road. Yeah. You can't do that with a yard. Exactly. Horse. So they kind of got a two for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely, <laughs> definitely did. And I mean, it makes sense because yeah. they want to be able to get as much as they can yeah. out of you if they're yeah. paying you for the service. Fair you got to do a quick shuttle or whatever the case may Fair be. Enough. All right, makes sense. All right, so tell so that business in itself, how many drivers you have doing that? How many like you have like how many trucks did you need for that? Did you need like more than two, three trucks? Yeah, or? so we man, that business it, it really started growing. So now at this point, it's, it's still Davis EIS, but now now we're departmentalizing. I've got that operation. I'm I'm spanning out and I got, you know, over the road operation. I got, you know, team contracts, all this stuff that that's like coming coming at me because we're doing a good job with the box trucks. We're doing a good job with the with the shuttles, and it's just like here's more work. Here's more work. Got you. Um, but that that operation went from like two to at one point six seven trucks, and I think we had probably 15, 16 people on shift. It was a twenty four seven operation. Wow, twenty four seven operation. Did you end up leasing all those trucks? Or? All of them were leased. Got you. Yep. All of them were leased. There's, there was I didn't have the capital to, to to scale like that. Right. You know. Right. Um, but we we um so we leased those. I ended up purchasing my sleepers. Um so we, we grabbed one sleeper and put that over the road and um had some more local routes that we're doing with, with, with other day cabs. Okay. Got you still through Amazon. Still through Amazon. Um but now I, I had a I had a taste for a little more. So I'm venturing out to see what the brokers and all that can offer me. Okay. Um so now I'm playing with the low boards, seeing what I can get there. I'm trying to get dedicated contracts. Right. Um, but I didn't know that the person on the other line was was a, a broker. And I really didn't really understand that business. Wasn't able to focus on the low boards and the rates and you know all those different dynamics. But we did have that going on. But I'd be the first to admit that that business was definitely not running like the shuttle business. <laughs> <laughs> we gave a lot of money away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, the shuttle thing is just pretty much easy. Yeah, it's just yeah. you know simple. Yeah. But once you start getting out there on the yeah. road, it's a different game. Yeah. So, so okay, so you you start expanding into getting out there on the road. Um, you you said you start looking for contracts. So you find these tra- contracts on a load board, or are you like just reaching out to direct to brokers or direct shippers? Like, what's your process for kind of trying to expand? Um, so I, I now at this point I got a couple people 
on the admin team, but they have no experience. Right. I got no experience. Right. Um, and but I would I would assign uh for example, he he's my ops manager now, uh Josue. I assigned him, uh, he was a dispatcher then. Okay. You know, but the only thing he's dispatching is the shuttles and all that. But right. like, hey, I got something he's else. Telling guys when they gotta come into work. Th- there you go. Right. Um but now I assign him to deal with the brokers. Because I can't deal with them. <laughs> yeah. Raycon sheets and all this other stuff. Uh, I'm messing it up. It's getting lost. Um, so he's helping me with the brokers and all that. And we start getting different routes uh, assigned to us off of the low board. Um, but it, it, it wasn't too consistent. But it wasn't that the the industry wasn't providing us with work. It's just we weren't able to put our full energy into it because we were putting it into what was paying us for sure. Right. We're just trying to to figure that piece out because we hear everybody else talking about it, different lanes and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get more into that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, who do you remember? Like, who were some of the first like uh, lanes or whatever? Because uh, now, what what are you doing? Are you doing like power only? Do you have trailers? Like, tell me about how you kind power, of start building this thing up. Only. Okay. Power only. Uh, who are you reaching out to? Like the C.H. Robinsons, the J.B. Hunts? The J.B. Hunts. The okay. only thing, yeah. Yep. So J.B. Hunt was was one of the first ones that we got hooked up with. Um, there was a couple other local companies. I can't remember, remember those, those names. Um, but they were a little a little easier to deal with. Um Cause I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get it going quick. Right. JB Hunt, you know, you got to enter your, your carrier packet and all that stuff. I don't got time for that <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, but, but that wasn't, that wasn't business. But yeah, JB Hunt, we ran Walmart. Um, Amazon had their own low board too. So I'm, I'm, I'm accessing that. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Did you have to, I guess you had to hire like new drivers to do those particular routes and you left like your yard guys still, yeah. or did you like switch out? How'd you, how'd you handle that? So. We we took some of our yards uh, yard drivers and would allow them to graduate to the road because okay. a lot of them that were coming in they were coming in fresh out of trucking school, you know. Um, so I would put them on the road a couple of days. I've got my ID post that's bringing people in. The drivers they're doing they're doing good. They're pretty happy. So they're bringing in different people that they know as well. So we were we were okay as far as like staffing, um, and I was able to to to. Start them here on a shuttle, move them over to the road like you were just describing, mm-hmm. and it, it, it worked. Um, I wasn't on the road at all, right? So it was working. Got you. What was like your your, your typical loads that you were kind of running these guys when you were going over the road? Like what what was a typical work that you were doing? Do you remember? Um, man, it, it could be dog food. I, we didn't know what it was. <laughs> Whatever the broker would give us, man. Right. At one point in time, I had a driver call me. He was like, "Hey, man, I'm sitting." And it's a load of chocolate. I said, "Do what?" He says, "A load of chocolate." This is like this is summertime, um, and it wasn't in a it wasn't in a reefer unit. I'm just like, "Well, that's gonna be all melted, <laughs> right?" Right. Uh, but we we would haul anything light, yeah. heavy. I, I wasn't factoring no fuel or nothing. Just got you. Just doing running. what you got to do. We're but running. it was all all power only. You guys never got any trailers. Never got any trailers um, until twenty one. Until 2021, we start grabbing trailers. Okay. Um, why'd you Why'd you do that? What was the purpose for that? So we, we were growing at that point. Um, found out about um, dedicated contracts. Okay. You know, so you got you know state, federal uh, contracts that are out there, and they require you to have you know you got to come with your equipment. You got to have a full package. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started you know grabbing trailers. I went and grabbed some flatbeds. We grabbed three flatbeds. Um, Picked up two two vans of of our own that we owned, 
Um, and then as we would scale the needs for the different contracts that we were filling, we would just go lease the rest of them. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So you actually financed some of them and then you yeah. would, would lease, like you said, to scale yeah. as they gave you more yeah. work. How'd you get into some of these state and federal opportunities? How, how did that work? Um, certification. So I got hooked up with um, the New Jersey African-American Chamber of Commerce, right? And prior to that, I didn't know about any certifications. Didn't care about certification. I didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, and but certifications being like you know we're, we're minorities, so um, a lot of organizations, state, federal, whatever, uh, public, private sector, they have certain quotas that they have to you know meet for minorities or veterans and all that stuff. And uh, the chamber started educating me to to different certifications that you know uh, would would help me. Yeah. Um, so just start going through those processes, getting the certifications in place, and and now finding that oh with the certification. Pepsi or Coke or you know Walmart that that didn't pick up the phone before <laughs> has a, has a taste for me now because I've got this recognition yeah. this certification yeah and and that's something I would definitely tell people you know get your certifications yeah there's a lot of different federal state um and and local cert- certifications that are out there that will help your business and most of them are free right in fact I haven't found one that cost me any money. Got you. Who, who hooked you up with that? You just stumbled upon it, or? Um. So, like I said, the local chamber, con- the the African American Chamber of Commerce, told me about. No, they- like how'd you hook up with them? Like, what made you even go? Oh to them? man! Like, what was that the thought process? Because some people only think think about finding the state chamber of commerce. Like, what made you think about even talking to them? So I'm 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 at lunch. Um, I'm at lunch one day with my with my lady, and um, we're talking about just just life. And it was these gentlemen that were like in the next booth over. And I'm like, the, the three brothers. It's, okay. it's midday. I'm having lunch. You know, life is life is good for me. I pay for um their lunch. She goes to the bathroom when she comes back. I'm I'm headed out the door. And um I picked up those the you know, the three guys, the bill. And okay. I walked out. Well, the waitress told him that, you know, the guy that was just beside you paid for your bill. Yeah. So one of the guys comes running out. And my lady, she's coming out of the door at the same time. And um, he was like, hey, man, I don't know why you did that, but we were just talking about, you know, um, you know, just helping our own, you know, yeah. giving back. And he said, what you did was very kind. Don't know why you did it, but um, what do you do? And I told him, I said, I have a logistics business. And he said, well, I think I maybe I, maybe I could help you. I, I don't know what it what is. Yeah. You know, you got a loan for me, <laughs> uh, right. but he gives he gives me a business card and um and I text him. He adds me to a group chat, so now it's the three guys and and me. We're all in a group chat, and I didn't even know what a, what a chamber of commerce or any of that stuff really was at that right, point in right. time. And uh, he invited me to come out to one of the events that they were having. I went out there to the event, and, and they were supposed to meet me there. The text message is going green. I'm like, <laughs> um. But they, they, so I went there because of them. Okay. And um, I, I guess maybe they just probably me paying the bill or whatever, or maybe higher power. Who knows, man? Yeah. Just that's they, interesting. They, they sent me there and um, just start learning more. Just going to those meetings. Yeah. Fellow entrepreneurs, listen to some of their challenges, um, or, or some of their wins. So, why did you pay the bill? Man, just something. Something bigger than me said, pay it. 
All right. That's interesting. We say, we say, we can say, God, I don't know, man. Something <laughs> told me to pay the bill. It wasn't them. Yeah. Um, but I, but I paid it. Um, it was, it was in my heart to, to, to pick up the bill. Gotcha. You know, again, it's, it's midday. It's, it's, you know, myself and three brothers having lunch. And, and in this day and time, just to see, um, us to, to be able to come together and, 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 and have lunch together without beef or whatever. Maybe it was that that said something to me. Mm. I don't know, man. I just got I you. Just, I paid for it. Got you. And I love that. That's yeah. dope. So, so how much or how significant have these certifications been in terms of impacting your business? Like, has it? What does it? If you had to give it a percentage of your 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 revenue, what would you say it makes up? Like for for what you've been able to you know um, add to your business due to these certifications. So it's probably it's probably helped at least fifty percent of the revenue, but what it's really helped is those certifications. It's not just applying, you get it. They require you to, to have your books in order, you know, your P&Ls and your insurance and all that stuff that I really didn't have to have an order to run the Amazon or the white glove service. You know, I didn't have to keep my books in order. You just run them however you want to run them. Right. Um, but those certifications require you to, to, to submit your stuff and it's just, it's gotta be in order. So it's, it's, They've helped me become more organized. And then, of course, um, there's different opportunities that's been extended to me from having those, those certifications. Uh, but, yeah, I would say 50% uh, growth. And I could – we're scaling this year, man. Yeah. This – what you see today in six months, it's not going to look the same, man. Talk, so, 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 so talk about that. We kind of touched on what your operation – is like in the beginning of the conversation. So like you said, what you see today. So what is Davis EIS today? Just kind of give us the full scope of where you guys are at and then kind of talk to me about that okay. growth plan and where you guys are going. Yeah. So today we've got 35 power units. Um, we've got 15 uh, owner operators that, that are with us. So our fleets at, at 50. Um, trailers. We've got different varieties of trailers. Uh, we own 10 would peak or as needs be, we'll, we'll go, you know, lease or rent more. Uh, but that's where we are today. Um, we're bidding out different contracts, looking postal service. That's, that's one industry that has had a, a, a rapid change. Postal service is trying to stay relevant in today's industry, just like Amazon, FedEx, uh, UPS, you know, they're in the same industry. So we're looking at different contracts with them. Uh, there's some, some stuff that we're looking at within, you know, uh, New Jersey, New York. There's there's plenty of opportunities that are out there, as well as the port. You know, the ports have been backed up. Um, the rail yards, a lot of different opportunities, man, that are out there. Mm. Uh, you you can't take all of it. There's a lot of it that I'm even having to outsource. So, um, we even grew our business to um, even brokering and freight forwarding now too. Okay, similar to like what Amazon or or JB Hunt. Or UPS does. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because I can't fill I can't fill all the capacity. I need help. <laughs> what, what What did it take for you to transition into doing that, into doing the freight forwarding and and brokering? And explain what like freight forwarding is for people who may not understand, so they just kind of understand, you know. What yeah. You're doing. So freight forwarding. Um, so I don't have a book in front of me, but but for a lack of better words, freight forwarding is basically an organization that doesn't physically drive the 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 the, the the merchandise or the cargo from point A to B, but they facilitate it. So I get it under my my under my freight authority, 
and I ensure that it gets delivered to your place of business. If, if I take and say that, yep, I can have it there by Friday, 8 a.m., I ensure that it gets there by 8 a.m. by forwarding the, the work to a carrier. Mm. And then I hold that carrier to a, a certain agreements and stipulations to ensure they get there. Who holds time. the liability in, in that? It's on the carrier. Mm. It's on the carrier. I, I have um, my liability stops at the cargo. He's got the power. You follow what I'm saying? So the, 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 the tractor itself is right. under, I say he is, is uh, women as well in this industry. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and they do a great job. Man, they do a great job. Um, but so the power is the power liability lies on the carrier course. The cargo um, is what I, I'm bonded for. But if he wrecks the truck, his insurance is going to pay for it for both. Um, and my brokering authority is, you know, similar to what you what you see on the, the low boards and stuff like that. You know, right. you call up and talk to a broker. Right. You could, you could be talking to my company. No doubt. Yeah. Now, now you said about, you know, all these different opportunities that's out there. Like you said, that there's the ports, right? There's just all these different things. How do you identify what a good opportunity is and what you want to chase and what you want to go after? What are you are you looking at how much you know, you 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 can you can your margins are, are you looking at the longevity, the opportunity? Like how do you go into that and say, you know, I want to try to do this because you, your business has changed. Your business model has changed from doing the the, the jockey services mm-hmm. and you went over the road, right? You're doing different things. Now you're talking about other opportunities. So like you said, you can't do it all. So how do you decide what you want to do and what's going to make you the most profit or be the best for your company? Yeah. So um, it's about it's about relationships for me. Um, capacity, that is, is one thing I've learned. You have to have capacity. And the trucking industry is it's the truck and it's the staffing. So, you know, do I have the capacity um, and is it worth my time? I, I look at it full circle. I look at the business that that we're looking, the, the supplier that is uh, seeking services from me. Is it a one time deal? Is is this going to be, you know, could this be a long term? Um, I'll do short terms. Um, I had a, a, a company that called me up back. This past year that there was a, I forgot the, the hurricane, but it came through and it's FEMA money at that point. They, they got, they're, they're flooded. Yeah. So it's insurance money that's paying that bill. And I'm not trying to hit anybody over the head, but it's emergency. It's an emergency. You call them in. That rate's not going to be the same rate as, right. you know, um, something that we planned out a month ago, you right. know, that I'm going to pick up, you know, at the end of July. So, um, you know, that one. They called me up and they were like, all we need you to do is move trellis off the load dock over to, you know, a, a parking facility, maybe five minutes down the road. Well, that's fine. That's going to be expensive. <laughs> so, no doubt, no so my appetite for that is, is different than one that's going to be, you know, six months, three months, a year. They wanted me. They needed me right then and there. And it could be 24 hours. It could be 48 hours. It could be 96 hours. Yeah. That's fine. It's going to be expensive. Facts. Facts. <laughs> what, what what type of stuff do you turn down? Like, what type of things are you not interested in doing? Um, man, I'm if it, if it makes sense. Right now, I really don't have a, a, a huge appetite for um, a lot of flatbed, and because that's a different that's a different animal. It's a different animal. Um, we're not really into hazard like fuel and stuff like that. Even though I know that industry. I'm not into that. Um, I'm going to 
I'm going to a lot of the the, the bigger companies right now, mm-hmm. and it's not about it's more so about the relationship, but they have the technology in place. So I, again, I know it's capacity. They've got certain you know three four areas that that has to be checked, and they give me access to see those you know performance scores. Right. Um. So I like being able to take and see that because it 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 gives me insight into how my drivers are performing or whatever. Um, and then they also require certain technology to be in place. So it really helps me keep my books in order. Um, a majority of my clients that I haul for, they require me to have like the, the, the smart drive or drive cam tr- uh, in the trucks. Mm-hmm. So I go to them because they, they know the, they know the business. I'm new to it, but the, the things that they, that they have in place is because of mistakes that have happened in the past. Right. So you if trust you, it, there you go. It's proven. It. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. What, 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 what's your current role at Davis EIS and how has that kind of changed over the years? Like your, your day to day functions and how did you make those changes as you grew? Cause obviously at one point you're driving a jockey truck, right? <laughs> you don't drive a jockey truck today, do you? Nah. All right, so, I, I, so I, tell I, me about like the, the maturation of you as a businessman and just kind of like how your role has changed and how you look at like delegate and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Talk about that. Yeah. So, um, today, you know, I, I sit in a, a CEO slot, much like um, a CEO at a larger corporation, you know, so I'm not, I'm not out on the road, um, daily, you know, driving the truck. I'm not driving the truck at all. Um, but I still can, if I need to, um, I'm preparing banking documents, insurance documents, uh, looking at different contracts to see if they make sense. Uh, looking at projections, forecasting, you know, what am I going to need? You know, we're moving into like right now in the, in the retail world, I know, you know, from July to the end of the year, that business is going to boom. I know I need to, to, to grow that. So I do a lot of forecasting and stuff like that. Um, and then I have my my senior VP, um, Jacinia. She does an amazing job. Um, and, and she handles more of the, the recruiting. Uh, she does a deeper dive into the finances and looks at uh, the business from an audit perspective. Mm. Um her background being logistics, and, and we'll, we'll get into that as well. But she was uh, prior uh, Army. Okay. All right. So she knows logistics on a whole nother scale. So her being my senior VP coming into the business, she can look at it and, and take and say, well, that's not going to be on time or, or, or this is occurring or, you know, you've got a, you've got a shortage over here that I don't even see. Mm-hmm. But through her experience in the, in the military, she's got that down packed. And then moving down uh, a level below that, I've got, of course, I have an HR in place. Um, and then I've got ops managers and supervisors in place to oversee the front line. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much the, the hierarchy. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And you said something about the, the military. You said you want to get, get into that with, 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 uh, with just, what did you say? Just in it. Just in it. Okay. Yes. So yes. what, what, what were you want to, you want to dive into with the military? Yes. So, um, Jacinia and I um, came together on this expan- at the expansion part, um, and she helped me grow the um, the business pretty much from the point moving into the hostler service. Okay. Um, but at that point in time, I really didn't need her level of expertise, and I don't even know that, that she even knew that it was needed. 
I just needed somebody to help me make payroll and all that stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, of course, somebody that I'm that I'm trusting. Uh, so she helped me with that piece. Uh, but as the business started growing, she's telling me about my business, but I'm not happy that, you know, lace them about my business. Right, you know? right, like, right, right, right. What do you know? Right, right. But I didn't realize her level of, of experience, you know, how, how she's seen, you know, millions of dollars, billions of dollars of, of logistics moving um, domestically, internationally and all of that. Um, so her experience really helped grow the business. And with her being prior service, you know, that's also another uh, certification to get. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so you see things start, you know, just coming together. Um, so, yeah, that that right there, her connections kind of help push some stuff on the the federal you, side. You, you've done some military loads? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, do they do they pay well? Or? The military loads pay well. Okay. Um, and definitely my experience um, in the private sector helped me uh, fulfill those 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 government uh, needs that they have because you're definitely gonna be on time with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So so how has the current uh, I guess state of transportation industry like impacted your business? I mean, fuel is up. Uh, rates are low. Equipment mm. is expensive. Uh, drivers are getting disqualified because of clearinghouse and uh, just so much uh, regulatory things coming into the industry. How is that impacting your business now? What are the changes you're seeing, and what are you doing to to kind of like prepare yourself for like the future of what's, what's yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. So, man, that's that's a that's a touchy subject. Because where I'm at may not be where the next person is, or I may not be where they are. But what I found is from from day one to today, um, trucking or the logistics space, you got to be creative. All right. So you know, fuel fuel is very expensive, and we all feel that. Um, I felt that on the way here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, going back to like the certifications and all that stuff, right? Like I said, they require me to keep my books and stuff in order. So you know, fuel, for example, um, let's say I'm spending an additional $5,000 a month on fuel. Well, I got to look at that P&L and I got to find somewhere where I can save it. And I learned that in the fire service. Mm. Um, and even through, um, you know, I went to college, um, learned about, you know, P&L, uh, but it was for the fire service at that time. Right. And I remember my, my instructor teaching me, he said, anything, uh, any cut over 10%, he said, Staffing, you you got to start cutting staffing. But if you can keep your um your um your hit below ten percent, you know you can you can control that with you know maybe buying less tissue paper or something like that, for right. example. Um, so fuel, for example, is, is one that I just you know I got creative. I still feel it. Um, but with a lot of my clients and a lot of uh, other truck companies out here, we pay for parking, right? So. I'm calling up the, the, my, my, my clients like, hey, can I maybe park at y'all spot? Mm. So I'm finding different areas to save money at within my budget. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not back where we were a year ago, but I'm not feeling it the, the same way maybe other people are. Has it not impacted your bottom line? Maybe because you have like more so dedicated contracts and dedicated freight to where like, 
um, you know, you have like grandfathered in rates or like, is it, are you taking the same hits on rates like everybody else? Like, how was that? Yeah. Um, see, uh, some of my stuff, uh, a majority of my work is, is dedicated at this point. You know, we've been, we've been in the game. Right. Uh, so my, my rates, um, aren't by the mile, you know, it's, it's contract negotiated. Right. Um, and then there's some other things in there. I, I may be able to negotiate a fuel uh, incentive, um, tolls, different things like that. But for my other work that I, I have to bear the cost. Yeah. I, I still feel those. Um, but a good accountant, a good accountant, a banker, um, will, will help you because what I was doing in the beginning when I got in the transportation industry, I was being my own bank, <laughs> you know, uh, not because I wanted to, I didn't know any better, but also the bank's not gonna give you no, any money. You don't, if you don't have a track record. Um, but leveraging out, working with your banks, creating lines of credit and all that other stuff. So I can, I can weather this fuel storm. I can weather this, this rise and park storm, um, uh, parking, um, and maybe get the tax time where I'm able to, to write some of those, those costs off. You know, there, there's different things out there that, um, incentives or grants or, or, uh, rebates that you can get, but you just got to, we got to talk, man. Mm. You know, like the, the same way you and I've been, you know, just, just chopping it up. Yeah. Like, you know, ask questions. Yeah. I found out, um, there's a, a, a tax credit that I knew nothing about, but just through talking to somebody else, found out that, man, there, there there's uh, a retention tax credit out there that, that I didn't go for it. Everybody else is talking about PPP. Right. Which I never got. I never got in in there. Right. Um, like but, retention for retaining staff, retaining yeah, drivers? Yeah. So if you retained a certain amount of drivers, you got a credit based you off of that? You a credit based off of that. Okay. But again, you know, if you're out here in this industry, I'm not knocking your your, your TurboTax or, or, or any of those um, quick tax places that you can go run to, but this is a business. Yeah. You know, so you just, you have to take care of your business and, and, and partner with uh, businesses that match, um, where you're at. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you educate yourself and how do you stay in the know and in the loop of what's going on in the industry? Man. Um, read, reading. Um, there's a lot of different podcasts out there. Um, you know, uh, social media, you know, it's out there, man. People are talking about it. Just, just listen. Right. And, and ultimately boots on the ground to see what's going on. Um, it doesn't matter if it's one of my, my, my drivers educate me every day. I may not be able to physically get on the ground with them, but through my ops team or through my data that I'm looking at, they're communicating with me or my, you know, my senior staff that I'm sitting with, um, or a book that I'm reading, you know, trucking, trucking, although we got fuel prices right now that, that are, are skyrocketing, trucking has been a part of, uh, you know, America since, you know, Since uh, America's been America, you know, so it's nothing, it's nothing new that we're inventing. Right. You know what I'm saying the, 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 the freight's got to get from point A to point B fuel is up. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And not, no, literally, what are we going to do about it? Because we have Facts. to keep going. We can't Facts. just shut down or, or, um, you know, quit because of fuel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. How many drivers do you have? Right now I'm at, right now I'm at probably in total. Right at 40. 40. Right at 40 drivers. What, yeah. what do you, do you take a lot of feedback from your drivers? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you learning from your drivers? Yeah. Um, 
what I'm learning from the drivers, they definitely want to hear from from management. Um, and it's not necessarily me. It could be middle management. Um, they, they want to see you. They want you to be vis- visible. They want to get the hours. Um, but what I'm seeing with a lot of my drivers right now that um, are coming to me, I, most of them did over the road. But at this point, they've been local long enough. And I don't know what's got them spoiled, but all I hear them say, well, I, I got to get five days. I got to get five days. I got to get five days. It's just like, well, you're getting your hours. Right. Um, but they want, they want consistency. They want to work. They want to work. Yeah. Um, that, they want good equipment. They don't want that stuff out there breaking down on them. <laughs> um, and, 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 and keep it clean. Yeah. Um, and then if you can find some other different incentives. So what I do with my drivers, um, I give them a safety bonus and I learned that back when I was consulting. Um, that's, it's not a lot, um, for some people, but for others, it's, it, it, it means something. It's the thought, but you know, every month I have, um, gift cards that go out to my drivers. You know, you, you, you meet these certain criteria, you know, not seeing, not wearing your seatbelt, no incidents, um, on time, those things. It could be a hundred dollar gift card. Um, and then sometimes we, we may move it up to two hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they appreciate that. But it, it's not all good feedback either, mm-hmm. um, that, that we get. And we 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 try to correct those too. Yeah. So what's some of the bad feedback? Um, some of the bad feedback is inconsistency. And and it's with not me as a company, but our suppliers that we're, that we're hauling for. They gotcha. they have changes. Gotcha. Um, but when those changes are felt, who they see is David CIS. Right. They're not seeing that, hey, it's not me that's, that's changing your shift or got you coming in. You were coming in at 7. I need you to come in at, at 5 a.m. It's not me. It's <laughs> yeah. the, our suppliers, um, their capacity needs changed. And so we got to change with them. That and other rookie drivers, like there's a lot of different um, – People that are getting CDLs right now, man, that don't need CDLs. <laughs> uh, so, and they come in tearing stuff up. Um, we, we've got a we've got a, a pretty decent size operation that runs twenty four seven. So we we flip seat. Yeah. Um, and so that guy that was uh, or, or lady that was working previously in the in the day that maybe left that McDonald's bag in there, and now the night driver comes in, he or she's not happy with that bag being Facts. like that. So that as well as you know, um, the coronavirus that's still relevant. Yeah. People want things clean, you know? So that's that's the biggest, those are the biggest um negatives that we get. Got you. All right. You talk you talked about uh kind of expanding the business. You said in, in a couple of years or so, you know, it's not good. Dave Davis EIS is not gonna look like what it looks like today. So what do you see it looking like? What 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 would that picture be in a in a few years? Like how large do you plan to be? Do you plan to have more contracts, you know, more power units out there like what do you what do you what do you see yeah so um we're, we're preparing to cross into uh so we're a 3pl company yeah third party logistics and it's not just trucking but i'm looking at warehouse and um looking at storing shipping and receiving for some of our clients um they've got um i i can explain it like this um they only have so much warehouse space once they outgrow their warehouse space, a lot of them are not looking to go buy another warehouse. They don't want that liability. So they'll lease or sublease or whatever. So with my certifications and just my my relationships, 
I could be that person to supply you that mm. ex- that, that space that you need. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it in my warehouse, and I'm also gonna move it on my trucks or you know trucks that through partnering, networking, we're gonna move our own stuff. Got you. Yeah. How, how much of an asset has Amazon been been to your business and? Um, like what, what do you feel about them? I know you can't get too much into the details of their particular business, right? But like, have they helped you more than they've hindered you? Have they been like, have they played a major role in your growth? Like, what would you say they've like done for your business? Yeah. Um, a love hate relationship, man. (laughs) Cause, cause I, I want to grow, but, but the thing that I realized, and we say Amazon, but you know, I've got, I've got contracts with, um, I got contracts with FedEx, right. you know, and I think they may be bigger than Amazon in the logistics space. Um, but one thing that I learned about, you know, those two uh, contracts, for example, is I can't outgrow their business. Right. Not today, at least. Um, nor am I seeking to. Um, but so, but it's helped me because it doesn't allow my eyes, you know, just like sitting at the dinner table or whatever on Thanksgiving, you, you may want all this, but you, you can't eat all of it, <laughs> you know, so. I have a big appetite, um, but they've helped keep me in order. And it's been for things that I didn't necessarily see. I didn't see the fuel doing what it was going to do. I didn't see um, capacity needs changing as far as uh, schedules. And so therefore, drivers are going to are going to leave or, you know, this company wants to do a $20,000 sign on bonus. So now you've got three or four drivers leaving there. But those large companies seen it. Probably two years ago, right? You know, because they got data that, that that I don't got. Facts. Um, and so, so it's helped me in, in that regard. And and they've also my contracts have helped me stabilize my business, where now I can you know go read, go study, sit down, and and have you know networking meetings and stuff like that, where I'm not out there just you know just running, you yeah. know, uh, trying to make a dollar. Um, and it, and it also makes it a little more replicable. When you go deal with your banks or anything like that, you know? De- dealing with them, what's the most important? Like the the main KPIs that they're looking for in terms of performance uh, to kind of keep keep you on. What are the type of things that can make you lose a contract with Amazon or working with somebody like them, like a FedEx? Yeah. And what are the things that you have to stay on top of? What what's the things that you guys hone in on to make sure these things are tight, if nothing else? Yeah, safety. Got to be safe. Um, so that's you know incidents that could be. Um, you know, something as big as having a, an accident out on the road or you know, bumping your trailer against another trailer in the yard. Uh, those items, as well as compliance, uh, your books got to be in order, like insurance, those things. You, right. know, you can't be out here with your insurance lapsing and all that other stuff. Uh, so they're, they're big on that on time and acceptance. If you, you say you're going to be there, be there, deliver that load and be on time. Yeah. Uh, because... That shipment that you have that with what's in within that fifty three foot or or that double, um, it may be there may be a plane that's waiting on that, you know. So you literally could throw a whole operation off right. um, if, if you're late. And I think there's there's people that are coming into the industry that really don't understand how the the, the truck can drive everything else, man. It could drive that ship being late, um, that plane being late. Or something not being manufactured, it could shut down a whole assembly line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's taught me the inner workings of um, basically from 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 first mile to, to final mile when you when you get that package delivered to your house. 
you know, what, everything that has to go in to make it make it happen. Right. When you, when you look back and you think about what, you know, your business has grown to and, you know, what you've become as a CEO, like what, what are your feelings when you think about like those first initial like your first initial job, like driving a tanker and all. Did you mm-hmm. see this for yourself or was it kind of like it just happened over time? Or was this a plan from the beginning? Um, it was a dream, but it wasn't a plan. <laughs> um, so when I was 18, again, like I said, I remember looking out, seeing my neighbor having trucks. And I was just, I want to get some trucks. But at that point in time, I wanted to get some trucks to get some money because right. I got some bills. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, but um, now... You know, of course, you know, we, we, we make money. Yeah. Um, but it's a passion for me. I really enjoy what I do. You know, there's, there's good days, there's bad days. Um, but I'm passionate about what I do. Um, and I, and I want to keep, I want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, man. I think we, um, we done covered, uh, uh, uh covered most of it. Did I miss anything? Yes. I think I got the whole Davis EIS experience. Did I miss anything? I think I got it, man. So what we what we like to do around this time is just kind of, you know, start wrapping up. We always have to give a final thought, which is going to be that last kind of jewel that you want to leave everybody with. And um, then let everybody know where they can connect with you and, you know, how they can add value to your company. If you're looking, you're hiring, whatever that is, this is the opp- opportunity to do that right now. So we start with the final thought and then we can go into that. Yeah. Um, so just the final thought. I know there's there's a lot going on in this world. You know, um, a lot, shootings, uh, fuel, uh, COVID, you know, a lot of different things. I, I would just, you know, just like I, I tell my family, I tell you, you know, just just keep your faith, stay strong, keep going. Don't give up. Um, as far as the, the trucking and logistics business, there's a lot of money to be made out here. And this industry is changing. It's not what it looked like back in the 70s. This This isn't. The, the the cowboy boots and and, and big belt buckle. It's, <laughs> it's a different industry. It's a different industry. Yeah. All right. Um. And we just got to go. We need we need more more people like you and I in this industry. Um. So that's that's my final thoughts. Uh. David CIS. You can find us on all social media platforms. You can find us on davidcis.com as our website. We're hiring. Um. Actively hiring, trying to grow. It's, it's it's our it's our go time, and that's that's pretty much it. Man. That's it. Eight eight figure, nine figure business. Where you guys at? Yet? Where you guys at? <laughs> uh, a, a, a solid a solid eight, man. Solid eight. I love it. Solid, I love it. Eight, man. Listen, hustle fam. You know what we do around this time? If you smell something burn, this only a desire. Myself, Brandon, EIS. We out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go!